Hello and welcome to the American Landscape, where we're discussing Season 1, Episode 3, Northern California, Museum of the Forgotten Warriors. or Museum? Museum? Yeah, Museum of the Forgotten Warriors. Um, so we've got Richard today, cameraman, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, line producer, this producer, that producer, whatever you want to call him. And Mike, and Mike, who did not... Uh, make it on this trip or i should say trips but we'll get into that uh, a little later uh so the location for this week's episode is technically people call it marysville california it's actually not marysville but uh it's about i always guess it's about a mile outside of beale air force base in northern california and the main the biggest city well town i don't know if you can call it a I guess it's the city, uh, is Marysville. Well, if it's not technically in Marysville, what is it technically in? Um, shoot, when I pulled the permit, I think it was county, but there, oh. there's a few there's a few little cities around there, like Linda. Um, God, I can't remember all the different little cities, but even, you know, like the, the college, which is right down the road from there, is called Yuba College because it's in Yuba County. And the odd thing is right across the river is Yuba City, which is in um, not Yuba County. Nevada in, County, I think. Uh, Sutter, I thought. Sutter oh, maybe County. Maybe Sutter, okay, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Marysville is in um, Yuba County. Go figure. Right. <laughs> well, it's all it's all because you got the Yuba River right there. So everybody takes the uh, river name with different things there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. anyways, um, you know, we, we drove up here to uh, – it's about a – you know, if you go straight through, it's about a seven-hour drive. Um, we just went up Highway 99 out of Southern California. You know, up and over the Grapevine, Highway 99 from there. Uh, it's kind of my favorite route. I used to be stationed at Beale Air Force Base, so this was kind of like going uh, home, if you will. That was my first duty station after basics. Uh, so that was kind of cool. I was looking for a place to shoot up there. I was just happened to be looking around at the map, and I'm like, oh. Museum of the Forgotten Warriors. What's this? So I emailed the 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 guy up there, Dan Spear. He got back to me. Was uh, more than happy to have us come up there. Uh, so we did. And uh, the first time we went, we you know Beal was just not too far down the road. So let's go up. There's a little turnoff right right at Beal. We'll 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 just pull over for a second and you know do the uh, Chevy Chase moment, uh, looking at the base and turn around and go back. But as we pulled up, I noticed uh, you two doing touch and goes. I'm like, oh, we got to get some pictures. Grab my, you know, 5D Mark II cell phone. Um, uh, Richard, also, I believe, uh, yeah, your Spencer, your son was on this uh, first trip. Yeah, he was on this. He was on both trips. That's uh, true. Well, we'll get to the both trip here in a second. Yeah. Uh, so we whip out the cameras. We're taking some pictures, kind of enjoying the moment. And then this uh, senior, or it wasn't a senior, airman first class. Saunders over uh, to the group and asked us what we're doing. I told him, you know, I, I used to be stationed here years ago. I'm going to be shooting down the road the next day. Um, you know, just thought we'd take some pictures. And he's like, okay. And I gave him my AMVETS card, told him about that a little bit. He walked back to the, the gate. You know, in my day, these guys were dressed in blues. I believe their, their, their pants might have been tucked into their boots. They wore an ascot or beret. They're now in full you know, camo gear, whatever the latest name of the camouflage, camouflage uniform is. Yeah, I can't seem to keep up. You know, keeps changing. 
Um, the big thing is complete with M16, several clips, big, big knife, and a sidearm on them, too. Well, yeah, it's well full combat gear. I thought that was... Yeah. Uh, well, I guess for you civilians, uh, Richard, that's, well, no, I'm, I have to explain I'm saying, that. I'm, I'm saying that you're making a big deal of whatever you call the camouflage. I wasn't worried about the camouflage. I was worried about the big, big gun. <laughs> I, the gun didn't worry me too much. I wasn't doing anything <laughs> to shoot. Um, so then he came back over and said somebody else you know, was coming out to talk to me. I'm like, huh, what? <laughs> so this, I think he ended up, he, he might have been a staff sergeant, uh, came out with in a squad car with a civilian. And in my day, there were no civilian cops on base, just the air police. So that was kind of unusual, too. We chit-chatted a little bit. He asked me to clear my memory card. And I'm like, seriously? I'm like, I've got, I'm like, I've got no problems. You know, I understand, but, like, you know, we're outside the gate. But technically, we might have been on Beale land, though. The You know, just because the gate is right there doesn't mean the property line doesn't extend beyond it. But, you know, it's like I didn't want to be one of those jackasses like you see on the Internet making a big deal out of their their rights and this and that. He didn't ask me to clear my cell phone, and I didn't volunteer the information that I'd, I'd taken a few with my cell you're, phone. You're not one of those sovereign citizen types? No, no. Or just a, even forget the sovereign citizens. That's a whole nother, you know rabbit hole to go down. Just, you know, there's just some people out there that'll say, hey, I can stand here and take all the pictures I want. And. You know, technically that may be true, but you know why hassle? And why so I take the chance ending up in the back of a squad car. Yeah, I know what the Beale Air Force Bail or Beale Jail looks like because I had a tour of it once. I wasn't oh. going there for any particular reason other than I knew some SPs and they showed me around and showed me the rubber room and all that kind of stuff, which was kind of cool. Um, so we packed up, you know, after that long. You know, I, I mean, I, I went down the line. I told them exactly where I worked, what street. Because I, I could remember all the streets, the address in the, the, the house I lived on base, which no longer is there, but I know where it all is. And, you know, they don't I don't think they really cared or, you know, just clear. The guy's like, well, you could see these on YouTube and all that. And I'm thinking I could have went half a mile down the road and taken them and you wouldn't have known I was down there taking them. But, you know, just why? just jump ahead for a moment. Uh, when we met up with Dan over. Oh, on don't his... don't jump. Don't jump ahead. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. When we met up with Dan on his, uh, uh, what would you say, his ranch, his property there. Don't, don't say what you're going to say. I know what you're going to We're not there yet. This is a linear story. Um, so, oh, my don't, word. so don't go there. Um, so write it down and remember to bring it up. Yeah, I won't have to because it was no, no, coming Richard. up. When, okay. Oh, yeah, it was coming up when we eventually got there. Um, but you're taking so long. Hey, it's it's my podcast, my show. I'll take as long as I want. Your stories usually take twice as long because you have all these random things that all don't right. matter. So back on track. So, anyways, um, where I thought, okay, we're here. Let's just uh, roll down the road. Make sure we know where we're going the next morning for the shoot because we're staying in Yuba City across the river. And uh, not that anywhere around there takes much more than 10, 15 minutes to get to, uh, unless there's a traffic jam, which does happen in this small town. So we pulled in and uh, I'm like, okay, this is the place. And this, this lady came out to the mailbox. We were just standing there kind of looking. She was all oh, uh, sorry guys. We're, we're closed. I'm like, Oh, you know, that's okay. We're, we're shooting here tomorrow. We just wanted to make sure we knew where it was. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, let me go get Dan, you know? So she ran to get Dan and uh, we had told them what we, what had just happened. She goes, I oh, could have been out in the back of our, uh, you know, ranch here, 
and you could have taken all the pictures you want. You can, it's like they're flying right over us practically. Um, so, you know, who knew, you know, it's like, uh, and, and then Dan took us in, you know, we're not supposed to shoot to the next day. Dan welcomes us in. We spend, I don't know, maybe two hours at least getting this tour, which was kind of nice to get a little heads up before we, uh, did the shoot the next day, but I wasn't expecting it. So I'm thinking now, so is it going to be fresh again the next day? But that's, <laughs> that's kind of how that transpired, you know, and, uh, the first day of getting up there. Uh, so that was one of our, our longer drives. Uh, cause it, that is a long jaunt up there. Not our longest so far, but it, it is a long drive. Now we did have what I was going to say. We took one side trip on the way up there. Well, that's what I'm getting to. Um, so again, I mentioned we took the hi highway 99 going up there and we made one stop. Well, we might have made more stops, but we won't get into the detail of those. We made one stop to see something, and it's the uh, agricultural, you know, I don't know. There, I forgot what the name of it is, but it's like the outreach for the agricultural community in the Central Valley of California. They got a little museum. You got it on the tip of your tongue, Richard? Are you ready to throw that out there? No, I'd have to look it up real quick. Oh. <laughs> it's no, that's basically actually not the one I was thinking of. Oh, well, it's near uh, it's near Tulare. Tulare, yes. Tulare. I'm getting a lot of feedback, That's Mike. just I'm you. Sorry. That's you. Oh, okay. Latency on my end. Maybe uh, just went away. Okay. So, anyway, we stopped in there for a few minutes, and it seems like every time I've dri driven up the Highway 99 lately, it's been a good place to stretch the legs. I, I usually don't need gas there, but... Richard's gas guzzler usually needs gas by the time we get there. Uh, so it's a nice little place. And, again, we're going to try to film there. They We haven't really just nailed it down yet. But it's got a lot of old farm equipment, uh, little interactive things for the kids because a lot of school areas go there. And uh, not too far from there in, in the Tulare area is a static display of a B-17 and a F-4 that we stopped at. That's and that is right at, right on the freeway. You, yeah, an airport, you can't miss right, it. It's right, airport right next to the freeway, yeah. Right, right. And those those displays are maintained by AMVETS. It's an it's an AMVETS thing. And Tulare is, uh, I think it's a head. It's the main place for the foundation, uh, AMVETS Foundation for California. Uh, so I, I think that's partly why those two aircraft are there. And they've it's been called Mefford Field. Yeah, and that I've sounds right. Spent the night right across the street from it one night when my car broke down, like right there on the freeway. <laughs> I was gonna say nobody probably stays there on purpose. No, nope, so your, your nope. car broke down. <laughs> Actually, that flat tire, and I couldn't get the one of the lug nuts off, so I had to wait till uh, the morning for you know someone that that had the proper tools to do that. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, that. at that point, only B seventeen was out there. Oh, really? No, no, no F four. Huh? F four wasn't there, and the B seventeen did not have a fence around it. Like I walked right up to it, killing time waiting for the tow wow. truck to show up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. Now there's a fence around it, uh, little things to keep the the birds off of it. You know, all the little spikes, all that good stuff. Yeah. So that, that's kind of a cool little side trip. And, and uh, I can't think of any other side trips we make made. Uh, Richard, are you throwing something else out there that I've forgotten? No, I was going to say the place you were thinking of is the International Agri Center. There you, yeah, it's right next to a big. What are they? They've got a. Big, like I don't want to call it a fairground, but they got a big. Yeah, area it's like an auction house, right? Don't they? Like it's, it's, a, a, it's a big fairground, they, and I'm yeah. just looking it up right now. Their big exposition, their annual one, is in February. So yeah, but I mean, it's not like a like a state fair, or county fair, but it's an agricultural 
fair, uh, I guess you could call it. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty big place, um, and it's it's worth the stop. You probably, well, it depends if if you're one of the people that read every sign, or if you try to get a good feel for the place and you know go to what attracts you and and, and move on. Uh, so uh, I'm kind of the the latter. I like to you know, it's it's rare that I read every single sign in a place. I, I kind of get a feeling for everything, unless it's something that really really interests me. So, all right, so let's move on. We were uh, so. I, I, we've been hitting at this. We we um, we did go we did go twice. So on the first trip, we shot with a uh, my son was in film school at the time, and he had a Sony. Crap, I forgot what that Sony camera is. It was a it was a uh, 4K, uh, pretty compact uh, Sony. Uh, you know what do you call it? it? Was a prosumer type camera. And of course, I had my 5D with me, but we were, which was the primary camera prior to this. We uh, we were just shooting. I shot B-roll with it, shot stills, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, we, there was was it, was it a 4K? I thought. Yeah, it was 4K. Was um, it 4K? I didn't know. I remember there was a question on that in the past with it, it was a uh, firmware upgraded and it didn't quite hold. Oh no! When well, firm up when you upgrade firmware it it holds it it's it's not like something not holding water i mean it's a uh, pxw pxw 80 i think if i did a real quick uh should have done this before but i was busy pwx uh, 80 something something of that uh and, and it was a decent camera the problem was a little bit with the cameraman and the his insistence of not wanting to use artificial light sometimes. So the, the, the museum doesn't appear to be dark because these wonderful things in our head, these eyeballs of ours are, are very good at adjusting to light. They uh, work well in low light. They work great in low light. Well, yeah. <laughs> cameras, not so much. Nope. <laughs> I mean, cameras are getting better at that, but uh, you know, Basically, I was told everything was fine. Unfortunately, after a great interview, and the guy really rolled out the red carpet. He put all these flags out in the front. All the all the shots outside were fabulous. The, the camera looks really good when it's got a lot of light. Um, PX, yes. Yeah, I got it. It's a PXWZ90V. That sounds pretty close. Um, so we had we had a great time. We spent hours there. In fact, we we had a second shoot to go to 30 miles up the road, and we got up there a little late because initially this show would have included also the Bolt Antique Tool Museum, which will show up in a later episode, and a third location, which we were having a hard time nailing one down. Um, but so we we got up there a little late because we just kept shooting. The guy was so interesting. He. It, I mean, when you watch the the show, you'll see. I mean, there's just so much stuff he's got. He knows the story behind every little item, and, and I mean and, little item. Sometimes it's like obscure, and he'll know the details. Yeah, I mean, he has he has some of it listed. That was one of the things he was working on, and he had people that were working on it was writing, actually typing down the in, information they had on it because 
you could pull. He had uniforms stacked up on different racks, and he can pull just a scarf, and he can tell the story of the person that brought that in, who they were, what they did, everything about them, and it was just amazing what he could remember. Yeah, it was it was really good. So, um, you know the so you you hear we we didn't I don't think we shot anything tripod. It was all um, easy rig. I believe we had the easy rig going at this time with this uh, Sony. No lights, and the encounters, we, of course, as we're talking about, we we incurred were just a camera could not handle it, and um, of course, being in front of the camera, I couldn't see what the image looked like. But needless to say, highly disappointed when I got home, and so we we had the plan to go back out there. So you know, Rich felt bad because the footage looked, um, and I, I think we can say horrible. Um, so we had to very much. So in fact, there's, there's a couple pieces that makes, make the final show. Um, one, I use it for effect. Uh, the outside stuff was still good. That's the one thing you'll notice. Um, my wife picked up on was he was wearing two different sets of clothes. Yeah, but we covered that. I think, um, there's somewhere in the show that we say something about being there more than once. Uh, I don't don't remember the details now, but so we had to go back. So as we're going, you know, down our our thing here, we we wait. A, I think it's a couple months. So we we shot this, I think, in December, and we went back up in January or February, right around uh, that time. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't remember. It was a month or two, it was at least two months later, and now we uh, my son goes up with us. And uh, Spencer goes, <laughs> uh, best laid plans. My son sometimes can be a little, um, he likes to wait to the last minute to do things. Let's put it this way. He's got brand new Panasonic DVX 200, great camera. And he manages to get up there seven hours, a few hundred miles, whatever it is away, and doesn't have the battery. Oh, my gosh. Can you leave this? So we're no so we're going up for the second time because the first time it looks like crap. We're going up again, and luckily we brought some other cameras with us. Um, I'm just surprised so, you didn't like open the box and check. Well, you know he had all this stuff laid out on the table. I'm like, okay, you got your batteries, you got this, you got your charger. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. And uh, you know. I mean, he does go out and shoot his own project, so you'd, you'd think, I don't know. Anyways, this, this is my, yeah, I, I, I don't want to be the guy that's on, over everybody's shoulder every time, but then sometimes I'm left with stuff going, why wasn't I the pain in the butt and over everybody's shoulder at all time? But regardless, uh, you know, I, I should also mention the first time we stayed in a nice hotel, um, right in my old stomping grounds in Yuba City, but the room was really small. Uh, Spencer had to sleep on this rollaway bed against the door that connects to the next one. And, and the door that brought us into the room. And, yeah, we couldn't open the door when he had that thing open. People in this, the room next door were pounding on the door and uh, just making noise all night. You know, I'm like uh, I, I'm like that guy in the, in the right stuff. Man. I can just sleep through anything. So, well, ex there are a few exceptions that <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will remember, but pretty much usually I can sleep through anything. Um, 
So Spencer had a rough time in that. The second time we stayed, see that what was it? It wasn't a quality inn, wasn't a holiday inn. The first uh, one was Travel Lodge. The second uh, one, was Best Travel. Western. So the Best Western was nice. Uh, a little further out of town, it's it was on the edges of. Uh, what well, was uh, on Ninety Nine Proper? Well, yeah, which is the edge of Yuba City. Well, in fact, there wasn't when I was stationed up there. There wasn't much beyond that at all, and there still isn't. There's some shopping, but there's not a lot of homes. You're you're on the the kind of the edge of the you know the city there but it was nice we uh we were in walking distance to some good restaurants there's a theater around there that was all that was all really good so anyways we're back up there in the second trip and i think we ended up guys now i don't even remember what we shot on uh the second time around i want to say we used the sony again and we used uh the 5d a lot yeah, well, we also lit it, um, and so the second time it was shot, uh, Vincent, my son, was the cameraman. Richard was basically the line producer, making sure everything was done correctly, and Spencer pretty much did whatever we pointed him to do: go get that, hold Spencer the light took there. Care of everything. You know, he was he was the guy you um, plus. Yeah. You gave him your uh, little mini jib with the phone, and he took a lot of video with the uh, iPhone, too. Yes. Yeah, he did do that. And then we tried to shoot some stuff in the car um, with Spencer, and this is uh, some things we learned. Make sure the guy knows the camera. It's entirely out of focus. Um, so he didn't have enough experience with the camera, probably shouldn't have given it to him or had the guys in the backseat switch uh, but you know that's a that's a live, live and learn thing, and I, I you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I kind of take that on as my fault a little bit because I could have, you know, uh, could have given him better instruction or you know tried to make sure. So that that one's on me. And I and I'm, okay, you know, it looks like we probably shot mostly on the 5D because I'm looking at the files and we have external audio, um, which is necessary for. Uh, the 5D to get some good audio. So, yeah, it looks like Museum uh, and some of the Sony, too. Yeah, so we did we did a little both because uh, that Sony's got some weird file. I, I don't didn't like its file types, and it ended up getting stolen out of his car at one point, so we had to replace, uh, replace some of that. So things we learned, uh, checklist, make sure you bring your batteries for your cameras. Uh, always use... Uh, an additional light source. I, I think a little fill light, and it's been something I've been harping on for a long well, time. And I think gotta, we finally, I'm talking. I think we finally got to the conclusion that a little bit of fill light or a lot, depending on the situation, is always necessary and takes away the flat image. You need that little extra light. So you know that's something we learned. Uh, that's something I thought we knew, but you know you try to do it without sometimes, and you go back and you say no. No, that doesn't work. Oh, now, Richard, what were you going to say? I was going to say, you also have to admit, we also had some lighting issues when we tried to use fill lights in there because there are a lot of places where this place gets a little narrow, and it's all glass cases, and we're reflecting over every which surface you can think of. So we had to get a little, uh, use a little ingenuity to try to keep the light reflections down to a minimum where we're, bouncing off the floor, bouncing off the ceiling, um, trying to keep it so that we're not getting light 
reflecting off all the glass when we're uh, around all those cases. Yeah, n- normal cinema photography type work. Yeah, you you need to light it, and you need to figure out how not to get all the reflections. And the first, uh, it's what's interesting about this museum. It started in 1986. I was at Beale from '85 to '88. I don't know if I wasn't paying attention, not interested at the time. I rarely drove off base. Once I was on base, I tended to go out the back gates towards Tahoe or uh, Sacramento, Roseville, out of the the uh, the base uh, the base housing gate. I, I don't know how I missed it. Now, granted, though, we <laughs> the few times we went up there, we drove by it a couple times. Uh, the sign isn't real big, and it's like, wait, was it this side road or that side road? It's like it's got a thing like Road A. Um, and you just, you know, you don't see it because it's on this guy's property, you know, and it started out no bigger than maybe a 20 by 20 garage, kind of how it started really small, just Vietnam. And then other vets said, Hey, what about Korea? You know, what, what about world war two? What about, and it just kept expanding. Now he's got a Butler building, a couple additions to the original building. And so it was really interesting. And this guy, Dan Spear, he wasn't a veteran. His uh, one of his sons was in uh, the Second Iraq. Gulf War and yeah. had. Five. His dad said five. I think his son told me three or four uh, Humvees shot out from under him, and he got out as a captain. Said, "Okay, I'm done," you know. Uh, but he had experienced his friends, either one not coming home from Vietnam or two not being treated very well coming home from vietnam so this was kind of his give back uh, to the to the troops and he re- <laughs> excuse me he really went out you know all the way he welcomed he this first time i've ever been anywhere where as a veteran i've been welcomed home since then it's happened to me a lot and i'm thinking well okay welcome home yeah i'm, ba- I'm back at beale so thank you but you know I, I i got lucky i didn't really go many places um never went off the continent for um, service-related stuff, you know, few few different TDYs and stuff. So, but it was nice to be, you know, recognized and, and welcomed home. Uh, and he, you know, he spent so much time with us, and like we'd we'd known each other forever. And I think we'd only talked twice prior to this. And then the second time, you know, I thought, God, we're working the guy to death. He was t- he'd been out on his like tractor fixing a like a leak on the site or something. And his wife was bugging him to, you know, slow down, come in and eat. We're like, come on, Dan. You know, we got there's plenty of stuff. We'll never be able to see everything that's in here. We'll just look around some more, take some B-roll. Don't worry about it. And he came back and, you know, we finished up, had a good time the second time around. Uh, maybe even a better time. I don't know. I mean, it's just it's a really interesting place, especially when you're with the owner uh, uh, to do it. So. We started to edit because you know, we had shot at the Bolt Museum, which had its own lighting issues also. Um, well, so, that, had, that had a number of issues. Well, it, it, it did. Uh, uh, well, well, we'll talk about that when we yeah, that's do that show. But uh, so I'm editing. It's, it's I don't know, it's a month or so down the line. Uh, I think I've communicated with Dan once. And um, I'm trying to figure out, I mean, one of Dan's stories is almost the whole time of what we allot for an individual location. Because, you know, we're trying to do three locations in one 22 to 25 minute show. 
And I get an email from his wife, or I think it was his email account. It says, this is Roberta. I got, it didn't take me more than two words that I'd figure out something, something was wrong. And then I found out he had went into the hospital the day after we shot the second time and died five days later. And I was like, wow, did, did we push him over the edge? Because, you know, he was, you know, he was having a hard time breathing a little bit. He'd, I mean, you'll see if you watch the video, he's a bigger guy. He had some gout in his hands. He was a championship rodeo guy. And you can tell where he, you know, had his hand through the rope on the, you know, on the saddle, how they hold it. You, you could tell he had really, um, you know, beat himself up in, in that way as, as a rodeo guy. And, you know, I told, I told his wife, I'm like, oh, man, I hope, you know, I felt bad. I'm like, God, did I cause this? I'm trying to get the best show as possible. Because when I talked to him, I didn't want to say, you know, the cameraman screwed up. We got to do another shoot up here. I said, oh, we need some more B-roll. Maybe we want to talk to you a little more. And uh, so he's like, yeah, go shoot. I'm on the tractor. And then he, I said, well, if you have time, I just want to get one or two. I figured if I got him at one or two of these special items, and there's this, this peace ring that was really interesting. There's a there's some stuff about uh, the USS Missouri that was interesting. And a couple other tidbits. Man, he gave us a whole nother entire interview of the whole place again. And the neat thing that was really special about this, too, and we we mentioned about how he remembers all these things over these tens of thousands of items. That first night we were there when we just met up with him, it was like a two, two and a half hour tour that he gave us. Then the next day we spent another three hours with him. And then on this one, we spent another three or four hours. He never, I think he repeated himself once. Everything was new and fresh. It was all news stories, all different things we were looking at the whole time. Well, we, we did go back to some specific things. We, we went and picked up specific items that we asked him for, but he had all these, well, I mean, yeah, he, all this stuff that he had going on there. He filled in with some new stuff, but we visited a lot of the same thing. There's, there's, a, there's a senior airman, um, Air Force senior airman that he's got a display for that was, uh, uh, see, not DOD. What's it's, uh, it's the, um, it's like her, the hurt lock, the hurt locker guy, right? DOD. Uh, and this guy was highly decorated. I'm thinking, God, I got out as a senior airman and I had like one, you know, one, one, one rack, de- one decoration. One, oh. one, no, 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 three. One, so three, one, okay, one row, one row. And this guy had like four rows, but you know, wartime helps that kind of thing. And, I would never disparage anybody for that. I could not believe how highly decorated this guy was. You know, and he he told that story, and he gets choked up every time he tells the story. Um, and it's not it's not made up. You know, you can tell that it's from the heart. And even when he talked about his son, because he's got this little uh, area for his son there, um, you know, he he's got a deep he had a deep connection uh, to a lot of these things. So when I heard he died, I'm just I was like devastated. God, I've only met this guy twice in person talk to him on the phone and by email a couple times but he's one of those guys that you connect with like instantly and so my wife and i went up for the funeral uh it was kind of i want to say it was so by now it's april so we must have shot in march uh the second time we're around there somewhere um uh, excuse me man yuba they they ended up moving it to yuba college 
and the entire uh, auditorium was packed. There wasn't a place to to sit. And then the museum. Then we went to the museum afterwards. They had a big barbecue because uh, that's part of his museum grounds. Is he's got a place where veteran groups can meet and big barbecue area. It's just it was just an amazing thing. And I ended up taking more B roll, even though I'd already finished the uh, the show uh, by this time, and I had the edit with me. It just they didn't get an opportunity to to show it, and I'm like, you know, how do you say, hey, let's watch because the show, even though it was it was so, this was a guy's last time on camera, in his own museum, telling his story, and to me that was special that we got that because, well, just because yeah, certainly, I mean, the, yep. and, and the guy just um, oozed patriotism. Uh, he oozed just salt of the earth, good guy. And he he's actually from Southern California. Him and his wife were, I want to say they were from Ojai or Ote. I don't know. Some, but they had been Southern California people before they moved up uh, there. So now I just hope this place stays open. Right now it's got some money to go for a while. Uh, he did finally form a nonprofit. He didn't want to do it. One of his friends convinced him to do it, and he did, which is a good thing. Um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm hoping this will stay. He had told me the city had tried to get him to move it into the city more than once and he had resisted. So it, it's all on his wife now and the, and the nonprofit of what's going to happen, um, from here on out. But I have been up there again because <laughs> we, so we, you know, we filmed at the Bolt Museum and now the, oh, so after we found out that he I, he passed, I said, I'm just going to do the whole show. It's the first time we did a show just to one location, dedicated the show to him. Um, so the this entire show is one one location. But so then we had to fill we had to finish though. So we ended up going back up into the area to do, to finish with the Bolt Museum and fill in there. And again, we go out to uh, the museum because you can't help but see new things every time you go in there there's so much stuff you could you could never not probably pick up something new uh so like i say him and his wife his kid everybody these just these are the kind of people i like to meet when we're traveling you know salt of the earth so any suggestions i have for visiting um this location and richard you can chime in anytime i mean Marysville, Yuba City, either one. I think the better hotel choices, in my opinion, are on the Yuba City side. Yeah. Uh, though, though there are um, some in Marysville, not as many. Yuba City's got got that side taken care of a little better. And we have experience in three hotels there. A real rat trap that we ended up on another show at uh, uh, the damn. Best Western, which is really nice. It was and they... Yeah, it's it's very nice. Got a nice little continental breakfast. Um, so, and then the the one we stayed at the first time, not the bad, just, not bad. Good good central location. It's just uh, rooms are very small. It, it was it was nice. Good central location. Some restaurants close by, and they had a uh, a uh, little continental breakfast as well too. So yeah, it, it's yeah, it's hard to call that a breakfast, but. Uh, that, hey, as long as there's waffles and orange juice, I'm happy. You know, when you have to make them yourself, I, I tend to like to pay for that kind of thing. You know, it's like, <laughs> you, you know, I don't want to have to make, at least at the Best Western, everything was prepared. Yeah, I, I think they did have a waffle maker. So, you know, 
Richard likes to have first Hobbit breakfast and second Hobbit breakfast, sometimes a third. <laughs> so, you know, he was he had his first round, then went back and made waffles. I had my first round and I'm ready to go. I, you know, I get I get keyed up. You know, I, I know I'm shooting. I'd rather get there an hour early than be 10 minutes late. Uh, I want the cameras rolling at the time we say we're going to show yeah, up. Yeah, but you there's know, something so. said to be loaded up so you don't have to break for lunch. Yeah, because we, we, really yeah, we usually go long. And by the time we, we get done, I come down. It's like a high. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, food. Where's the food? Uh, so that's what I'm waiting for. But in this area, so once you get to Marysville, there's a lot of things on the way from Southern California to stop at along the road. You got Old Sack. Uh, when you go through Sacramento, you know, even in the Marysville area, you can go out to the Buttes, the world's smallest mountain range, uh, Tahoe's. Which, I was going to say on the first trip, we did do that. We actually drove through them and around them. And I think it took us an entire 90 minutes to drive around the entire mountain range. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is pretty small. And there's an old uh, missile silo out there. It's on private property. Uh, you can't go to it, but as part of the uh, three site place it was at chico there and i forgot where the third location was um so there and, and chico's not too far paradise used to be not too far from there uh, unfortunately that poor city got devastated in a fire um burned to the ground yeah oroville and the oroville dam and there's a indian casino up there so there's a there's a fair amount of things close and you think oh oroville it's like a whole nother city away but it's, it's like 30 minutes up the road uh, there's an old. If you're into old cemeteries, we found an old historic cemetery in uh, Marysville on a later trip. That's kind of cool to see. So you know there are things to do, um, and there's a. They have some new stadium up there. New, I should say, new since I was up there. They get a lot of concert events, and I know, I've noticed that when reviewing, looking at reviews for hotels. Oh, we were here one night for X concert. You know, we were here one night. Well, in fact. Um, I think the time, our second trip up there, there was two or three sporting events going on, uh, you know. Uh, in, I, in Yuba City? In the Yuba City, Marysville area. The hotels were all booked because oh. there was all these different uh, school yeah. tournament things going on. Well, it was, we had a big bowling tournament, and you and I are both looking at each other where, but it was a big bowling tournament well, that was in town. It's, it's in the big bowling alley. Okay, and there was some uh, big motocross event going on up there as well. Yeah, so there, there's a lot, there's a lot of outdoor activities because you're right there in the Yuba River and and all that. So plenty to do and see around there. And uh, I can't think of any additional tidbits. So I would I, say I, we. I do. I do have a comment though. Yeah, go ahead. Circling back to the uptight airman. Not letting you take a picture. Oh, <laughs> you're still going back to well, that. Okay, only because you know I'm. I figure this falls in another tidbit. So they, if you like, look Google Maps with a picture, yes, and you look at the airstrip at Beale, yes, you can plainly see seven U two sitting on the ramp and one landing on the, yeah. on, the on the runway. Yeah. Well, and and, and <laughs> it's like okay, and yeah, I could see I could see the the Forgotten Warrior, and he's he's like right at the he's due. Due west of the bottom end of the runway. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really, really close. And, you know, and I've watched a few other um, videos. I forgot. I think it was the one off Highway 40. um, uh, What is that? Tinker. And a guy was across the street from, like, an entry to the base. Across the street on the public sidewalk filming 
and three or four uh, sergeants and airmen came over and harassed a guy about what he's doing. I'm thinking he's across the street. Everybody's worried that someone's planning some, you know, mass shooting event or something these days. They're, they're really paranoid at the gates of the base. Um, it's just something I'm not you. I'm not used to, not familiar with, because it wasn't going on in my day. Idiots go to soft targets. No, no one goes to hardened targets. Yeah, why would you? Why would you want to go there? You know, I, I would love to drive up to the base and just take a picture. Hey, dude, I, you know, I was stationed there, just wanted a quick shot. I don't know what the guy would have said. And there is this little like pullover. In fact, the guy next to us was changing his tire. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I know, odd. Crazy. But you know, I'm not. I'm yeah, not, missed why? the camera in the back of that car. What that was to get its tire changed. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah. hassle and get into an argument over something that's not worth it? Yeah, I, I, I get it's dumb. I just you know. I have pictures from the flight line when I was there. I have pictures from the back seat of a T thirty eight, and I have pictures from laying in the tanker fueling an SR seventy one. Am I missing those few pictures I took outside the base of the YouTube? Yeah, no, not really. No. no. And plus, like I said, he didn't ask about my cell phone, so I have this "don't ask, don't tell" policy. Sure, I, <laughs> so I'm right there with you. <laughs> you know, I still got some photos out of it, and I don't feel disingenuous about it because he didn't ask. Okay. So, <laughs> so I think that concludes our uh, season one, episode three, Northern California uh, Museum of the Forgotten Warriors podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Please like and subscribe on YouTube and uh, and like and do whatever you do here on the podcast thing on uh, iTunes.